0: Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about the Netflix original Next Gen. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie?
1: Sure do. This movie, Next Gen, is a 2018 film. It is Chinese-Canadian-American produced. So lots of countries. Um, it's three. That's,
0: I don't know three is lots. I,
1: I, I, I haven't seen a lot of movies produced by three different countries, but maybe.
0: Hmm. Anyway. If you were like invited to a party and there were three people, including you there, <laughs> you'd be like, wow, lots of people at this party. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm an introvert. That'd be a good
1: party for me. <laughs> it is a Netflix film released on Netflix only. And it was directed by Kevin R. Adams and Joe Cinder. It stars the voices of John Krasinski, Charlene Yee, Jason Sadakis, Michael Pina, David Cross, and Constance Wu. Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Next Gen is about?
0: Yes, I do. In a not-too-distant future, uh, there are robots. May... A early high school or upper level middle school girl. She's like 12. She's like, I think she's more like 14, maybe 12. Anyway, May hates robots. The maker of all the robots is made a new robot. His partner has made a secret robot. The secret robot makes friends with May. And then it turns out that the maker of the robots is a bad robot and the new robots are explody robots. So the secret robot fights the bad robots for the good of humanity.
1: You said robot like a lot of times. I sure did. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, this movie was definitely like about robots.
0: It was about robots. I mean, there's a... I need to, like, have it written down in front of me because there's characters whose names don't get said very often. Mm -hmm. Justin Pinn is a Steve Jobs stand-in who is the head of a robotics company. And And he has,
1: like, a a big rally. Yeah. Much like Steve Jobs did and Apple still does. Yes. He reveals the new technology. It's the iPhone 7. I mean, it's the... Whatever, Robot 7. The Q-Bot, because it's
0: IQ, and instead of it's an I-Bot, it's a Q-Bot. We'll use the other letter in case it's too subtle. Yeah,
1: it feels like this whole movie is like a massive dig at Apple.
0: Yeah, let's, I mean, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, I think. We are, okay. I don't know if how I just explained the plot was clear, but what's really important is there are good robots and bad robots, and the good robot befriends May. And saves the day. Right? Yes. So, objectively, how good of a movie do you think this was?
1: I think that it had entertainment value and visual beauty. It was well animated. Mm-hmm. However, honestly, if you're keeping track of when Jan falls asleep, I haven't in a really long time, but I fell asleep this time. And... I don't feel like I missed much. Yeah. I probably missed, like, a good 10, 20 minutes of this movie, and I don't feel like I missed much. The plot was a little... thin.
0: What we used to do on WTS, and we haven't for a while when we talk objectively, is highlights and lowlights. Mm -hmm. Highlights of this movie include... The animation, both in conception, like a lot of the character design is good, is really good. Mm-hmm. Everything from like May's purple hair that's distinctive to like the robot design is good. Uh, it's pretty good looking throughout.
1: The world itself is really, it has really fun world building. Mm-hmm. Everything from like the noodles are their own robots and they're kind of funny. The and little the, cup of soup noodles. Little cup of soup noodles, Yeah. And then the, the city itself is really beautiful and detailed, and the backgrounds are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So those are really good.
0: I think many of the music choices were highlights, although some of them were lowlights. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh like the rebel girl, like the punk music that goes along with May as a character. Yeah. I thought was well chosen and appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. I like gave a real feeling for the movie and added a lot of energy to the movie, I yes, think. Yes,
1: that helped with the energy.
0: And I thought, yeah, I thought uh, the writing is the low light, mm-hmm. both in terms of script and in terms of plot. And the... Like, if you think there's a problem with the plot, you already kind of said, what is the problem with the plot of this movie?
1: Um, If there is one. Well, it's very cliched and therefore boring. Yeah. There isn't any kind of twist to make it more interesting than it could be. Like, every change I pretty much saw coming, except for, like, there was a shocking death. But everything else was very telegraphed and very, like... There was just nothing that I hadn't seen before it was the, in terms of plots.
0: it was the plot of iRobot, right, the Will Smith, yeah, movie version of iRobot, yeah, like pretty close to exactly the villain's plot is that like it's the computer is in charge and wants to kill all humans because humans make the world imperfect mm-hmm. and then other people have said that it's reminiscent of Big Hero Six, and there's a things about it that are reminiscent of big hero Mm six uh none of the most original parts of big hero six though yeah they're like maze has abandonment issues and is going to be abandoned the robot's memory uh he has to he has a problem with his memory and has to choose between you know him his own well-being and hers the villain wants to kill all humans the Justin Pin is actually a robot. Mm-hmm. They're like, every step of that, I agreed, is like exactly what you would expect. Yeah. Except for, and I don't know if we should talk about it at this point, but I guess you brought it up let's. The sudden death of Dr. Tanner Rice, David Cross's character, near the end of the movie, was the one part I was truly surprised by. And not, I don't think that ends up a good. Yeah. In term, that's it not a really point in favor the of the writing. It was surprising in the sense of like, that came out of nowhere and meant nothing. Mm-hmm. Rather than, whoa, this is a game changer. This movie is different from what I thought it was. It was like, they suddenly, he just disintegrated the character. And then it was essentially never commented on again.
1: I don't think this movie knows who this movie is for yeah it's a bit violent and dark for the younger set but it's a bit boring for the older set yeah so it just doesn't really fit
0: just the, like
1: it kind of grates on itself
0: mm-hmm yep yeah. i just want to talk say really briefly about the voice acting which is that i thought basically it was mediocre across the board david cross was the best of the voice actors and he in my opinion and he was doing fine but not his best but I just kind of want to call out uh John Krasinski um and maybe put the blame on the directing rather than him but it was not uh consistent throughout how he was playing that character like was he a robot or was he was he like typical archetypal robot performance I am a robot. I am sorry to hear that. And then suddenly he just was very human sounding. Very Jim from the office is your shoulder to cry on. I felt
1: like it was inconsistent when they added the robot. Like there was an overlay over his voice. And sometimes it was there and sometimes it wasn't. Like I feel like that went away over the course of the movie. And maybe that was a purposeful thing. If
0: it was purposeful, it was misguided. I agree. Because he sometimes didn't. I think it was a mix of the performance and the effects put on his voice, He totally. Yeah. And, like, sometimes he was just performing it humanly. And sometimes he was doing a robot performance. Yeah. And it was not consistent at not all. Not consistent. That's not a, how do you like it? That's an objective, like... hmm That was not John Krasinski's best work. No. And maybe it's the director's fault.
1: So moving on to object non-objectively... How much did you personally enjoy this movie?
0: I was not very entertained by this movie. Me neither. Our kids liked it. Yeah. Though.
1: They also kind of wandered off at a few times. during. They said,
0: yeah, they said they liked it after it was over. They didn't run off and, I mean, our one daughter got her lightsaber because the robot has like essentially a lightsaber.
1: Mm, right
0: but they didn't go off and immediately start playing the game the movie yeah i wanted to like it
1: i know me too especially we have a friend who worked on the animation for yeah.
0: it and
1: so i really wanted to like it and like his part of it the animation was great so i don't feel like any like harm in criticizing a movie that my friend helped with because his part of it was good yeah it was good looking
0: Honestly, if I didn't know someone who worked on it, I would still think the visuals were by far the best part of the movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But everything else was just mm, not so great.
0: My In terms of my enjoyment, it really is just like, it, I didn't hate it. It didn't offend me, except uh, my enjoyment. I mean, except when David Cross's character suddenly was vaporized. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe the, like, gruesomeness of when uh, Justin Pinn, robot Justin Pinn, like, is half dead as a robot and moving around like a zombie. I didn't like that either.
1: Yeah, our one daughter was, our younger daughter, was a little freaked out by that. She was not really happy.
0: But on the whole, it was... Its biggest crime was just being kind of boring.
1: And, like... When the big battle happens, you know that he's going to win. You know that the good guy's going to win. And they drag it out so long. Oh, yeah. So much fighting. And they go, like, up into space. And he shoots them. And you think it's the end. And then it's still not the end. And I'm like, get this
0: battle scene over with. That was another directing. Uh, I strongly criticized the directing because what they did was overlay the battle scene with ironically inappropriate slow moving music Mm -hmm. uh that too which would have been fine for like five seconds yeah (laughs) but it was like five minutes Mm -hmm. it probably was actually 45 seconds Mm -hmm. it felt like five ten minutes of bat fight 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 with slow music that didn't match the visuals Mm -hmm. and the ironic juxtaposition of that wears off long before the scene ends.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right.
0: I like looked over at you and was like, "Get on with
1: it, part. <laughs> 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 yep. So, let's get into the way, way too serious portion of our show.
0: Let's. Where do you want to start taking this movie too seriously?
1: Well, I think that. A part of it, the too seriously I want to talk about, is something we haven't in a while. But what I mentioned before about what age is this for... Right. ...is kind of a serious thing. In like, to have a main... Like, there's only a few main characters in this movie. So, like, you can consider... What's his name? Dr. Rice.
0: Dr. Rice.
1: A fairly main character. And he's vaporized for no reason. He is... Like, it's very violent, and it's very abrupt, and I feel like it's very frightening for children. Yep. And I don't really like the idea of children watching this, like, sudden, violent, needless death that isn't mourned at all. Like, yeah. there's a little robot that follows him around, and she's la- he's like, I'm sad that he died. I need some time to process it. And because he's a robot and it's, like, played as a joke, he's like, okay, I'm done processing, ready to move on and the movie kind of expects us to do that too and And if there was
0: if there was a hero of this movie it was him
1: yeah
0: right exactly like may is the protagonist and we could talk about i don't think that this is the venue to explain all the difference between protagonist and hero look it up um but may is the protagonist but she kind of stuff happens to her He's the one who's trying to save the world and save people's lives and he's, you know, fighting against all odds and the villain is threatening to kill him throughout the movie and then, like, seven-eighths of the way through the movie, the villain does kill him and no one cares.
1: No one cares.
0: And that's maybe the most disturbing part. Yeah. And that's, like, appropriateness for children, but... Also, just in terms of, like, what is this movie saying about the value of life?
1: Yes, exactly. There seems to be a lot of deaths left and right. Like, even at the beginning, the whole car chase scene with the, like, good robot, who doesn't really have a name. Yeah. 77 or something.
0: It's also a weakness in the writing. Yeah,
1: exactly. He should have something that they call him. He is, like... Trying to bring back back backpack to him. And that's how they're going to meet. And it's kind of adorable in a way. It's very like WALL-E or any other movie where a, a robot is acting like a human
0: and has like a mission to help someone. Like extremely single-minded. Yeah. For comic effect. with.
1: But he's like shooting down everything around him in order to achieve his plan. And there's like okay, he kills robots, but there's humans in those cars that are just, like, getting flooded out and crashing and burning and, like... And he shoots
0: all the tires and they all the all cars crash. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. It's just a very blatant disregard for life in this movie. And this is a thing, like, I think fits very nicely under our Way Too Seriously umbrella. A movie with a message about valuing human life is the explicit message of this movie right what makes uh pym a villain is that he doesn't pin a villain is that he doesn't respect human life and it turns out he's a robot what makes the robot a villain is that it doesn't respect human life but the movie in its plot movement does not respect the life of the characters and so what it's showing us undermines what it's telling us It's telling us these human lives are important. And then it's killing them unmourned and unremarked. And what we see is these human lives are not important.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And this is not okay.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean, kind of connected to that. Maybe it's not connected to that. But a similar thing where it is a weakness of plot threads, but it ends up having a meaning is the whole bully. The bully whose name is what, like, Greenspace or something. Yeah. <laughs> I forget her name. Uh, Greenwood. Greenwood. May has a bully who, like, has her robots hold her down while she beats her up. And she, in a way that we see a lot in movies, and it always kind of bugs me because it's unmotivated cruelty... And kids can be heartless and cruel, but that kind of unmotivated cruelty where she like, "I want to play soccer with you guys, remind me again who taught
1: you how to play. Was it your dad? oh oh yeah, he's gone, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah you, you know, like yeah. that's not like what the way that kids are mean. Kids are mean, yeah, but not that way, yeah. Like, she might bring up your dead dad in the middle of a fight about something else. She's more, much more, like, more realistically to be, like, callously thoughtless. Yeah, exactly. But like, oh, sorry, only, you know, our dads all drove us and you don't have one. So, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. But they're, like, actively aggressive to her for, like, you don't even, your dad's dead. So we hate you but as a result. That makes no sense. No, not at all. And then her turn, her face turn at the end of the movie also makes no sense. No, no, at no, all. No. It's just like, I'm so sorry, I never meant to hurt you. You never meant to hurt her. You held you her down. You held her down and punched her in the... You had all your robots hold her down and then punched her in the face repeatedly. Yeah. What do you mean you never meant to hurt her? And what the... the weight, Like, that's just plot not working properly. But the too seriously effect of that is like, bullying is just kids being kids
1: yeah right exactly. What
0: comes out of this movie is intense cruelty and bullying has no consequences, should have no consequences, shouldn't be held accountable, and kids will be kids,
1: yeah exactly,
0: right. Things can happen in all kinds of ways in a story. You don't have to have every villainous act punished by the plot, you know, like yeah, there doesn't have to be divine justice, you. A story world but the story should be aware when the solution when the situation is unjust
1: yes exactly and
0: there's all kinds of ways that we don't have to get into for how a story can indicate to us that the end the end is not just or that the you know the situation is unjust mm-hmm. but it has to in it has to indicate that to us or else the story itself is unjust
1: yeah exactly
0: right and especially in media for children that kind of injustice really rankles.
1: Mm-hmm. So some other parts that we often take too seriously are issues of race and gender. Mhm. So in terms of gender in this movie, we have a female protagonist. Yep. We have her relationship with her mother, so that passes the Bechdel test easily. Mhm. Um I think that her mother is an interesting character.
0: Tell me why. Because
1: I don't think that we see it often, this kind of, this kind of neglect
0: hmm.
1: in a mother. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of neglect that I have taken comfort in a robot and doing, and uh, my robot is my friend and also like my entertainment. And I am, it's based, it's like she's playing video games or playing on her phone instead of paying attention to her daughter. Yep. Which like, huh, huh. huh. I, I never do that. No. Um,
0: <laughs> absolutely not.
1: Never. Um, and I feel like that's not common to show
0: a mother doing.
1: Am I yeah. right in that?
0: No, I absolutely agree. I think she's uh, not a good mother. No. But that's kind of refreshing <laughs> yeah. in a movie. Because, and we've talked about this before, like what representation... Uh, means, has to mean, is that we get different kinds of people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who have a specific identity. So representation of women means we need to have women with all kinds of personality characteristics and flaws and strengths, not just the same ones repeated over and over. And there's tropes of mothers that we see that are the kinds of mothers that we're allowed to see, and when we're allowed to see a neglectful mother... In movies, it's almost always, like, a monstrously neglectful mother. Exactly. Who she's, is... She's a, kind of a
1: mediocre mom, is really yeah, what
0: is. We don't see a lot of mediocre moms on TV. We see tons of mediocre dads. Yep. Most dads we see are mediocre.
1: hmm
0: Right? But a mediocre mom, like... We just don't see that very much. And the reason we don't see that very much is because there's this deeply ingrained idea that women's true purpose in life is to be mothers. Mm-hmm. And so when they are not being, when, they're, when they are fulfilled as people, they are fully uh, wonderful mothers who do everything for their children. And when they are not fulfilled as people, or when they are not being full mothers and doing everything for their children, they are monsters. Yeah. And there's not a lot of middle ground there. So I really like, I think, like, the writing of the mother is not super strong, actually. Like, the kinds of dialogue that they give her and stuff. But in conception, the, like, the mother who is absorbed in other things and doesn't notice her daughter's needs, but isn't actively neglectful, like, I'll make you something. She wants to help. She's just kind of self-centered and not really emotionally available.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: We don't see that very much. No, exactly. And anytime we see a kind of person we don't see very much, I'm for it. hmm Is that what you were... That's
1: exa- yeah, that's exactly what I was getting to, getting along, or talking about.
0: hmm And then
1: in terms of race in this movie, it's complicated a bit. Because it's, it's not really... Um, I guess the characters are all fairly white, It's kind of unclear. I think... May looks uh, Asian, maybe.
0: I think May and her mother look uh, deliberately racially ambiguous. Mm, And when you know that this movie is a Chinese-American-Canadian production, the American-Canadian and Chinese production teams both made May look as kind of Standard in their own demographic context as they could, I think. Yeah. So they do as much right. as they can to be like, if you're white, you can see her as white, and if you're Chinese, you can see her as Chinese. Yes, that's true. I think. Like, and there's a ba- there's a vaguely Asian, vaguely Japanese, really uh, aesthetic, oh, as
1: yeah, there often sure.
0: is in like just cyber, like, just like Big Hero Six, exactly cyber utopias are often vaguely Asian and specifically Japanese. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think May and her mom both look like they could easily, they can easily be read as Asian. They're both, uh, I mean, she's uh, played by an Asian actress. Yes, they both are played by. They both are. Yeah. David Cross's character and Jason Sudeikis' characters both look like they're white. Yeah. Her bully is dark-skinned, there's some racial diversity both in front of and behind the camera, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And once again, it's the it's a kind of uh diversity that I like to see in this kind of movie where like like they're just people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. And there are contexts where I want to see a movie or a story really addressing the race of the characters, mm-hmm. and there's contexts where I don't uh And it basically has to do with what the themes of the story are about. Yeah. Right? Anyway, I think they do well. I think they do well.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely get a passing grade.
0: In terms of both race and gender, I think this movie is doing about as well as I could expect of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe one of the uh, genius scientists could have been a woman. Mm Mm-hmm but they are clearly Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. you know, it's hard to remember what uh, David Cross's character was, because I just kind of want to call him Woz. Yeah. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. This is like, um... This movie is like if you took uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 for its Apple Cult parody, and... uh, Big Hero 6 and iRobot. Put them all in a blender and take out kind of the originality of each of them. Yeah. And you'll have this movie.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Random thing in this movie, she makes origami unicorns. Mhm. Which I wonder is like is that like a little weird tribute to Blade Runner? Maybe. Cuz the world is very Blade Runner like in terms of just like the visual cyberpunkness of it.
0: I would not necessarily say it's very, but it's vaguely. It's
1: vaguely, yeah.
0: Yeah. It might be.
1: I thought it was just like a clever little, like, wink.
0: I like that if it is. Yeah. Totally believable. Mm -hmm. I could believe that. Do you want to talk a bit about, like, one of the... one of my criticisms of it in terms of quality is how heavy handed they treat this theme. Mm. But maybe we should talk about it a little bit. That, like, one of the things it, tri- it wants to centrally be about is how memories, bad memories, are still what makes you you, and you can't erase bad memories. And so she has this trauma in her past of her dad died. I was a little unclear did he die or did he just leave them? I think he, them. Leave
1: them and he left
0: them and then died.
1: Okay. Because they show her at a funeral in the pre... Right. In the yeah, yeah. credits. I, that's right.
0: That's why I was confused. They show her at a funeral, but then he ta- she talks about him leaving them. And maybe that was always meant to be a euphemism, but then the way she talks about it makes it seem like he abandoned them. Anyway. She's, like, coping with her uh, grief, and that's what makes her so angry. And the robot has limited memory space and is deleting his memories... And they are quite heavy-handed about it, quite unpleasantly heavy-handed about it Mm -hmm. in the dialogue. But it's like a central theme of the, what they want to be a central theme of the movie is like your bad memories are part of what make you who you are.
1: I mean, that's the plot of Inside Out.
0: Yeah. You know? It is. It's
1: done much better in that
0: movie. (laughs) It's done much better in that movie. I just wondered whether we had anything seriously to say about that theme I mean, how it's that's, addressed here
1: it's true that your bad memories do make you who you are as well as anything else does it is like you said it was heavy-handed in this and it was un. it was the metaphor was thin yeah where the robot was concerned like because he was like deleting memories bit by bit yeah and then deleted the whole then had to delete the, all the memories so it was just like it's an interesting concept of like what memories would you choose if you had to purge your memory every night of a certain number of them. Yeah. What would you choose? But it also yeah it was just it was too, it was just so muddled between the different yeah. themes.
0: That whole thing would have been so much stronger if they had just never actually talked about it. Yes, If it had just been a thing that happened, and you'd be like, isn't it interesting that she is haunted by her memories and he's deleting memories every night? But no, they're like... They spell it out. Spell it out and explain it. I just delete a few memories every night, and that way I don't lose them all.
1: How do you know which ones to keep?
0: Well, I keep the important ones. But the real problem is... The more memories I make, the harder it is to choose what to forget. Let me help. I'm pretty sure there are things not worth remembering. Really? Okay, then. What would you delete if you had to choose? And there's like, I feel like there's... The reason I want to talk about it in the way too seriously, actually, is that although they address this same theme in inside out much much better there's a thing in this movie that i think they raise and then don't address which is your memories are what makes you who you are is the answer i don't want to be who i am mm. is the response to that that they don't address yeah. at all yeah that's a good like, point like your memories are who make you who you are okay i don't want to be that right and there's that's where they needed to actually address. That's the part they needed to address and they never do.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Right? They act as if it's who makes you who you are is the end of the conversation. Problem solved. But clearly central to her character is that she doesn't want to be who she is. Mhm. And we even seed that by having her like change from a happy kid to an angry teenager. Mhm. Right?
1: Yeah absolutely
0: and that's what makes it so muddled is they don't address what the theme is actually about yeah just had to get that off my mind
1: yeah absolutely that's a really interesting point and it would be yeah it would be if this movie had done that well it would be interesting to talk about but i think it didn't and so there isn't a lot to say
0: Mm -hmm. um one last i suppose thing to talk about in the way too seriously is are robots evil Alexa, are robots
1: evil? Um, no. (laughs) People are evil, and they make
0: robots. It's another thing this movie wants to be as one of its sub-themes that we don't necessarily need to have an in-depth discussion about, but should acknowledge that, like, one of the things this movie wants to be about is over-reliance on technology, on robotics and computers, and... Uh, Is robs us of our humanity. Yeah. And that's a worn-out theme. mm -hmm. But maybe it's one that we should at least notice.
1: I also, I like the theme of having everything be a robot is annoying. (laughs) That I felt like that was a bit unique in this. In that, like... She gets annoyed, like the hairbrush she is, a, is a robot. And she's like, Does everything have to be a robot? And then, like, her food that she's eating is like, Yum, 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 you're eating me. Or whatever. Or like, the bowl itself is saying that. Yeah. And she's and her just her like, Toothbrush oh. has a
0: battle with her to brush her teeth. Yeah, exactly. That was the maybe one aspect of the movie, you're right, that was a little unique. And if they'd pushed a lot heavier on that, it might have made it. They, they needed better. a story to go with it, though.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, is it good? Is it seriously good? Well, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) No.
0: No. It's bad. I'm sorry. I think it's just bad. It's not above bad. No. Yeah. It's not... It's definitely not good. No. It's definitely not above medium.
1: Maybe it's mediocre. Have you ever read anything mediocre before?
0: (laughs) I mean, that was how we invented... Medium rare. <laughs> right.
1: No, I think it's bad.
0: You think it's just bad? Yep. Cause the only thing that's really good about it is the visuals. Yeah. Everything else is medium at best and bad at worst. hmm Even like the voice acting, there none of the voice actors are good.
1: Yeah, none of them stand out.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes me sad. Yep.
1: Seriously, medium?
0: I think it's at least medium. Mm-hmm. Seriously. What's bad about it? Seriously?
1: The things we discussed about the violence and the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And right. being. A bad representation of violence and not caring about it.
0: Not caring about humans. Yeah. I suppose it's bad not to care about human life. <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: To teach children that human life is not valuable might actually get called seriously bad.
1: So it's bad and seriously medium. That's the conclusion we come to?
0: Yeah, I think I'm comfortable with that conclusion.
1: All right. We recently had some feedback from uh, Susan Halt on Twitter, at Susie Hula, who mentioned that uh, she has a five-year-old and she was wondering if we could give a little age rate rating for each of our movies, and I thought, that's a fantastic idea. And even when we kind of when we started WTS, we were doing that a little bit, and we kind of moved away from it. So I want to mm-hmm. include a segment right here in, ter- in for this movie. What age range do you think it is appropriate for?
0: Well, with the caveat that all children are different and all parents are different, and your parenting style might make your Yep. <laughs> uh, acceptance different i'd say this movie one of the things that makes it bad is that it's not sure who it's aiming at as you said yep but i would say it is probably scary for a six or seven year old Mm -hmm. uh probably best for eight nine ten eleven yeah probably slow for a 12 year old yeah exactly so our seven-year-old was a little scared by it but i I mean but she still liked it and watched it
1: yeah so our official recommendation is for about 8 to 11 8 to 12 year olds for this one yeah and hopefully in the future we'll continue with this segment if we don't forget (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go back and take a look at at our past movies and maybe give them a a rating for those who want it so if, you, if that's a great idea to you, and if you'd love to hear that, and if you have any ideas as to uh, what movies we should do next and thoughts about Next Gen and other Netflix movies, you can send us
0: your thoughts. How would, how would one do that, Paul? You can send them to us on Twitter, at WTSCast. You can email us, waytoseriouslycast at gmail.com. You can find us through the show notes on Facebook and Reddit and Instagram and anywhere else you might want to. And if you like our show, please do us a solid and rate and review us. And if you really like our show, you can support us and make sure that we keep doing this on Patreon at patreon.com clockworkscast. I've been Paul Moffat.
1: I've been Jan Moffat.
0: And I, um, don't remember anymore who you are or what we're doing. I accidentally erased all my memories so that I would continue to have the podcasting skill. Uh Uh-oh. What a catch-22. What an ironic turn of events. (laughs) That's stupid. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. (laughs)
1: Do you want to just edit that out? Yes. Okay.